This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Boy, this is a true pleasure for me. We have nine-time Pro Bowler, former Dallas Cowboy on the phone, Randy White. Randy, I know I live in Chicago, but growing up, I was a tried-and-true Cowboy fan. I loved watching you guys play. Well, I tell you what, we had some great rivalries with the Bears, and uh, they had some great football teams, and it was always a lot of fun competing against them. Now, you're a Delaware guy. How did you not end up at Penn State? Well, actually, you know, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I grew up mostly in Delaware, but all my family is from Pennsylvania. Uh, but Penn State really never even looked at me in high school. I never really had an offer for them. I actually had three offers. I had uh, Arizona State, Virginia Tech, and Maryland. And Maryland was the closest one to where I grew up, so that's where I ended up going. So, so you didn't pick Arizona State for the weather? Well... You know, it was, you know, I've never, I hadn't been a whole lot of places. And, uh, you know, we went to Arizona State for a visit. And actually, when I visited Arizona State, Mike Hartenstein, who ended up being a bear who played for Penn State, uh, Mike and I were roommates at, uh, at that visit out at Arizona State. And then we were, we were roommates in the, uh, college all-star game. So, uh, but Maryland was close to home. That's That was made the main reason why I ended up going there. And your coach was Jerry Claiborne? Uh, my first year, we had a guy named Roy Lester, um, who was the coach. And when I, my first visit, when I went there, sat down with the coach. My dad was with me, and uh, Roy Lester, he, I remember he sat down. He told me, he said, well, I don't know if you can play college football for the University of Maryland. He says, but we're going to give you a scholarship. So I said, well, you know, that, that's good. I'm glad you're giving me one. And uh, anyway, he was gone uh, that next year. And then Coach Claiborne, I had him for my sophomore, junior, and senior year, which was really a uh, – uh, I didn't realize at the time, uh, you know, what kind of a foundation I was getting to move on and play in, on the professional level with Coach Claiborne. But he was a great coach, a real disciplinarian, and uh, I learned a lot about football uh, playing for him. And then you get drafted by the Cowboys. If things would have went a little differently, you could have played for the Bears if the Cowboys would have taken Walter Payton, and you could have been reunited with your college quarterback, Bob Avellini. Well, right. And I always said uh, if the Cowboys had it to go over again, they probably would have taken Walter Payton instead of me. But, you know, that's the way that's the way it worked out. And uh, I ended up, uh, ended up a Dallas Cowboy. You know, I the Baltimore Colts had the number one pick in the draft that year. And, you know, the Joe Thomas was the general manager, and he would come down to Maryland and say, Randy, we're taking you the first pick. Randy, we're taking you the first pick. Even up to the day before the draft, and at the last minute, they traded their number one pick to Atlanta, and Atlanta took Steve Bartkowski. Dallas had the number two pick from their trade they made. They traded Craig Morton to the Giants, and they had the number two pick in the draft, and, and they chose me. That's how I ended up being a Cowboy. I have to think the Cowboys were very, fairly happy with the way it turned out, even if they didn't get Walter Payton, though. Well, you know, it worked out good for for both of us. But you know, Walter, I, you know, Walter was a great player and a great guy. You know, we came out of school at the same year. I got to know Walter playing in the East West Shrine game in the College All Star game, and then you know, competed against him over the years. And he was, uh, you know, 
if he's not the best, I mean, he's he's right there with the best of all time, you know, in my opinion. And then when you went to the Cowboys, they had you playing middle linebacker. Why was that? Well, uh, you know, Leroy Jordan was, was getting ready to retire. And, you know, Coach Landry was the one that kind of invented the middle linebacker spot with Sam Huff up there with the Giants. And, you know, I guess they felt like, you know, I was 6'4", I weighed 260 pounds, and I could, you know, run a four six forty. They felt like, you know, I would be an excellent middle linebacker for them. Uh, but that experiment didn't work out. The flex defense was a little different uh, than playing in the conventional 4-3 defense. The keys to middle linebacker had to make and, and his reaction time and a lot, a lot of involvement in the pass coverage. And, you know, it just never really became a natural position to me. I was most of the time I was a beat off because I was thinking. And, uh, my third year in the league, Coach Landry called me in at camp and, you know, he said, he actually asked me, he said, Randy, uh, we're thinking about moving you to defensive tackle. What, how do you feel about that? And I said, coach, I said, you know, I, I just want to play football, you know, and wherever you think I can help this football team win, I said, that's where I'm going to play. Uh, but you know, really I had, I had moved from middle linebacker to strong side linebacker to weak side linebacker. You know, I was running out of spots. So when he said, you know, <laughs> he said, you don't want to play defensive line. I said, sure. You know, I mean, that was, uh, you know, when I moved into that spot, you know, I was always undersized for the defensive tackle position, but, you know, it was a natural position for me, and I, I kind of – I felt like somebody took the handcuffs off of me and I, I could go play football the way I, I knew how to play. So, uh, you know, that was a uh, that was a good moment for me when Coach Landry switched me. So rather than follow in the footsteps of Leroy Jordan, you got to follow in the football cleats of Bob Lilly. Yeah. I mean, I had to go from uh, either Leroy, but we had a middle linebacker, Bob Brunick, who was – Excellent middle linebacker, and, uh, you know, he just stepped right in there, and that, that was his natural position. But you're right. Then, you know, then I go in there to, uh, to the right defensive tackle spot, you know, and I had some success, and, you know, they started mentioning my name with Bob Lilly, and I said, whoa, I said, wait a minute. I said, you know, if I can do this for 14 years like Bob did, I said, you know, then go ahead and mention my name with him. But, uh, you know, Bob Lilly, he's Mr. Cowboy, and, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's the, the greatest cowboy ever played on Roger Stallback. And, you know, we had a lot of great ones, but, you know, Bob's right up there. That line was tough, though, with you and Harvey Martin and Ed Tall jones Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we had Larry Cole and, and Jethro Pugh split time at the left side. And then, uh, you know, Jethro retired and... Larry retired, and we got John Dutton from the Colts, who was an all-pro uh, defensive end, and John moved into that tackle spot. So we had a pretty good defensive line back then. You had a pretty good defensive team overall and a pretty good offensive team overall. You know, you end up in a Super Bowl early on in your career. You figure, okay, oh. this is going to be a yearly sort of thing. Yeah, you know we did. We had a great group, a lot of talent. You know we got along. We had a, we had a great team. And you're right. I went to the Super Bowl my rookie year. I went there my third year. I went there my fourth year. And I thought, well, you know, we'll get back to the Super Bowl. But you know, I think what are we playing three NFC Championship games? And you know, I played for 14 years, and we never got another opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. So 
you know, if you get an opportunity to play in that Super Bowl, savor that moment because you never know when it's going to come back around. You did pretty well in that Super Bowl, though, winning the MVP award. Did you, did you see that coming, or did that come as a surprise to you? No, not at all. You know, I mean, I, that's that was the furthest thing from my mind. I wasn't even thinking about that, you know. But, uh, you know, Ed Jones had a uh, had a great game that day. Uh, we had a, a defensive, our strong safety, a guy named Randy Hughes. I think he intercepted two passes in the first half. So, you know, and Roger Staubach could have been the most. There could have been a lot of guys that uh, – were most valuable players in that game. But, you know, Harvey and I had a big day that day, and, uh, you know, we got chosen to co-MVPs. I remember I was standing on the sidelines, and uh, it was at the end of the game, and Harvey came over to me, and he said, hey, we were chosen MVPs in the game. And, you know, it just it never even sunk into me. You know, the big thing was winning the Super Bowl because, you know, I played against Pittsburgh my rookie year uh, in the Super Bowl, and, you know, the most exciting thing I remember about that was at the after-game party, Willie Nelson and Willie Jennings and Jimmy Buffett were there, and we got up and sang with them on stage after the uh, after the game. So, uh, but then having the chance to go back to the Super Bowl and, and win and get a Super Bowl ring, that was that was a great experience. So, as a co MVP, did you get half a car? No, you know what? Actually, they gave each of us a new car. Harvey and I went to New York and. Uh, we each got a new Thunderbird, and I thought they gave you the car and it was yours. Well, I found out at the end of the year that, you know, you had the use of the car for a year. Then you had an option to buy it at the end of the year, or you could turn it back in. So that was a little disappointing. Nowadays, I mean, if you would be the MVP, you get to go to Disney World, make commercials, get a ton of money. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely turned into something more than it was. Uh, I mean, it was great back then, but now, I mean, it's it's like the uh, the Super Bowl is what it is. I mean, it's like the greatest sporting event of all time every year. So, uh, but it was wonderful. It was a great experience when I when when we had it when I played in the Super Bowls. What was the adjustment like going from Maryland, where I assume football is fairly big, to Dallas? where it's just monstrously huge and, and well, all, all the fans and everything? Well, you know, you know, at that time, you know, when you're going from college to the pros, you know, I was just concerned about having a chance to make the football team. And, you know, that's what I was worried about. I wasn't thinking about the fans or all the other, you know, what it meant to play for the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, over time you start to realize that, but, you know, my main thing when I first went down there was, you know, what I got to do to stick around here for a while. You know, that that's what I want to do, make the football team. And then, the, like you said before, that middle linebacker spot for a couple years was kind of frustrating for me. And then finally my third year I got, uh, you know, started, you know, being able to play the football the way I like to play it. We've talked to several former Cowboys, and they all say that Tom Landry was a true gentleman. He never swore, but he had control of the team, and everyone played hard for him. Uh, coach Landry was, uh, I mean, it was obviously he was a great football coach. He did a lot of things to uh, change the game, I mean, with the, the defense and with the offense. But as far as a person, I mean, he was he was a great example Uh he was a real Christian man, and, you know, he just didn't talk to talk. He walked to walk, just like you say. In 14 years, uh, you know, a lot of things about 
about him were special and, and impressive. But for me, 14 years, I never one time saw him lose his temper or be out of control. Now, you know, he would get angry and he would be, he would not be happy, but he didn't do it with yelling and screaming. You know, he had a way of, of getting his point across to you just by looking at you. And, and you knew he wasn't happy, but you know, he was, uh, he's definitely a special person. What was it like when the Cowboys got rid of him? Well, I mean, that was a, that was a tough time for everybody when, uh, you know, when the, the ownership changed and, you know, Coach Landry was gone and, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of a hard transition, but, you know, Coach Landry used to tell us all the time, he said, one thing you can be sure of, things will change. And, uh, sure enough, they do. But, uh, you know, Jerry Jones bought the team and, and, uh, came in there and what took them to three Super Bowls. They won three Super Bowls. And, you know, so that was, uh, you know, that was tough though when Coach Landry left. But, you know, I mean, the time heals all that. And, and, uh, you know, you, you pull for them, you want them to win. And, you know, you know, Jerry, I think is one of the, the best owners in the league. I mean, he really, uh, takes care of his players. He does everything he can to put the best football team on the, on the field. And, uh, so, but that was tough back then. Was it as tough as losing to the 49ers in that championship game with the catch? Nah, nothing's that tough. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's something that'll haunt, you know, when you, Whatever you think about the football or talk about it, you know, that you never talk about the good things or the, the championship things. You know, you talk about the, uh, you know, like that game with the Cats, you know, for me, that second time we played the Steelers, I had a broken thumb and I fumbled a kickoff and, uh, Jarella Squig kicked the ball to me. I pick it up and started running with it and, uh, fumbled the ball. Pittsburgh recovered. And I think two plays later, they scored a touchdown. You know, Jackie Smith. You know, everybody looked at him like he dropped that pass in the end zone, and that's what made us lose. But, you know, there's a lot of other things happening in that football game, too. Yeah, but there's certain plays that just stand out. And I I think in Jackie Smith's case, it's unfortunate that that's what a lot of people remember him for because he, he was truly a great tight end. Oh, he was one of the best of all time. Jackie Smith was a great player. and I mean, he really helped our football team, uh, you know, when he came to us. So, uh, yeah, it is unfortunate because, you know, Jackie Smith is one of the greatest of all time. And he's in the Hall of Fame and deserves to be, and, and uh, you know, he get, gets his credit. Mike Ditka was coaching down in Dallas before he came to the Bears. It seemed like the only person Ditka truly respected and would never say anything bad about and basically kind of admired was Tom Landry. Yeah, well, well uh, Mike was my uh Special teams coach for two years. I played for, uh, you know, he coached the tight ends, but he was always had the special team. So, you know, I got hands on with Mike, uh, you know, uh, for those, for those two years. And, you know, you're never going to meet, which y'all, everybody already knows, you're not going to meet a more competitive guy than Mike Dicka. I mean, he's hard nosed. You know, I, I always liked Mike. I always thought, you know, I liked the way that, that he, that he coached. I liked the way that I liked his attitude. You know, he was, he was an inspiration to all of us. And, uh, but you know, coach Landry, I mean, anybody that was ever around him, uh, you know, had that kind of respect for him. 
You know, I mean, I've never met anybody or talked to anybody that has one bad thing to say about Coach Landry. You know, he, he was, like I said, he was a very special person. What was Mike Ditka like as that special teams coach? Was was he as over the top and uh, outlandish as he came to be as a head coach with the Bears? Well, I mean, you know, Coach Landry demanded a certain amount of control in, in uh, you know, from his coaching staff, I'm sure. But, you know, Mike was always Mike. I mean, you know, I mean, he didn't accept anything but 100%. And, you know, he wasn't afraid to express his posi- uh, position on things. And if you made a mistake, you knew you were going to hear about it. But, uh, you know, that's what made him uh, That's what made him a great coach. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a special guy, too. Mike is, too. How much did you love playing the Bears? Going up against Bob Avellini, they call him Slow Mo as teammates, knowing that you could sack that guy at any time. Oh, you couldn't, couldn't sack him at any time. But, you know, I knew Bob from college, and, uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't the most mobile quarterback that ever played, but he could sure throw that football. And uh, But, you know, any time we played against the Bears, I mean, it was always a dogfight. You know, the Bears are the Bears. You know, when you, when you get in a game with the Bears, especially when uh, – you know, when I played, when, when, when Mike went to, uh, to coach the Bears, you know, they adopted his personality and, and, uh, you know, you were going to be in a dogfight no matter what happened in that football game. Who gave you the most trouble to go up against? Uh, you know, a guy that, that, the guy named Bob Young that used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Gave me as hard a time as any in in the running game, uh, you know. In the pass rush, I could pretty much pass rush against you know the best of them. But you know, I played against John Hanna. I played against Mike Webster. I tell you what, a guy that used to give me a hard time used to play for the Bears. A guy named Noah Jackson. I don't know if you all remember yeah. Noah. He was he was a left guard, Buddha. and I tell you, they called they called him Buddha, yeah. and he had that big belly. But I tell you what, he was an artist that. You know the flex we we keyed the head of the uh, of the guard a lot, and I tell you what he must have studied it because he would give me head fakes, and when I played him, he cut me more than he had me on the ground more than anybody I ever played against. You know, and, and then they had Walter Payton running the football, would made it that much harder. But uh, you know, Noah Jackson was pretty tough guard too. I tell you what, your quarterback wasn't too bad either. I kind of felt sorry for him at times taking over after Roger Staubach, but Danny White, he just seemed to get it done. Yeah, yeah, Danny White, you know, I mean, he had to follow Roger Staubach, and who can fit in those shoes? I mean, Roger was Roger, was Roger and, I mean, people expected Danny to, to do the things Roger did, and, and you know, I mean, he, he just, he's Danny White, he's not Roger Staubach, but Danny was an excellent quarterback, you know, like I said, we went to the playoffs every year, we went to three NFC championship games, and you know, the quarterback, you know, they don't, they don't win or lose them by themselves. It takes a whole team effort. So, uh, but Danny, Danny was a great quarterback also. Now you got to play in a pretty nice place at Texas Stadium. What, what do you think of the, uh, the, the new Cowboys arena? Oh, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know what you want to say. I mean, it's like a spectacle. I mean, it's a great, great stadium. It's, uh, you know, great for them players to, to, to have an opportunity to play there, I mean, for the fans, you got a great place to go watch a football game. I mean, it's it's an experience to go to 
to that stadium. It really is. It's something special. We had a great show today. Dwight Stevenson, Randy White, and the beautiful Elena Campos. Another great job by our soundman extraordinaire, Dave Olson. I'm David Spada here with L.A. Harris. Thanks for listening. And this is TalkZone.com. On TalkZone.com. I'll get that sometime. One of these weeks.